Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Conquest. On this episode, we're going to go through the myths of DeFi and why it's not as centralized as you or decentralized as you may think. Uh, crypto markets reach $2 trillion again. First time since May. We're going to cover that. Cardano is close to smart contracts. Interesting. Let's look at it. Let's take a quick look at it and see what's going on. And Walmart and Amazon are hiring crypto leads. What does all that mean today on the Crypto Conquest? We're going to cover it all. Let's get started. So today uh, we hit over $2 trillion again. It's the first time since May. The crypto markets are booming. Uh, it seems like we talked about it this weekend with Michael. All of the the main crypto players, the main crypto influencers, they're back in town. They're back in engaged and it seems like everybody's just ready to go um very very positive it's looking very very good i think that we're gonna see a great end of year it could for the next few months play out uh, in a couple different ways but i think regardless of what happens over the next month month and a half we're gonna see some really good movement really good action towards the end of the year Looking forward to that. I saw a projection from a analyst that I follow, and he is really optimistic about the end of the year and what it's going to bring. I agree with him. I think the end of the year is going to uh, be tremendous, especially with the new tax laws coming in. I think a lot of the crypto world, especially in the United States, are going to take advantage of those tax uh, those tax laws. Um, right before the end of the year, going to drive up the price tremendously, and we're going to be see some big movement here over the next few weeks. Cardano is close to smart contracts. So after all these years, Cardano has finally gotten to the point to where smart contracts are being rolled out over their ecosystem. I see this as a trial point for Cardano. They've been all hyped to this point. Not that I don't think hype is good, but really that's where we are. We're at a position of trying to see what exactly Cardano is going to do. Some things I like about Cardano, they've got the peer review system. We'll see how that works out. Could go either way. Could be a blaming mechanism. Could be a false positive on really getting quality work out the door. I don't think there's been any hint as to how, actually how that would work. I know that the code behind the Cardano Obros system is peer-reviewed, but I'm not sure how that's going to work with smart contracts. Either way, Cardano's moving to smart contracts, and we should see some pretty interesting moves here in the next few weeks uh, as Cardano starts to launch their smart contract system. I heard that they're also going to have a Cardano ERC-20 bridge that's going to allow you to bridge your Ethereum tokens. I think that, or rather Ethereum smart contracts, I think that Cardano is doing what they have to do. Um, they know that nobody's going to come in and write from scratch all these contracts. What you see in ERC is you see a bunch of contracts that are repurposed, reused, and nobody's going to try to write contracts, or very few people, rather, are going to try to write smart contracts on Cardano, which is why I think making that Ethereum Solidity Bridge uh, a launch critical component is something that they they have to do and they know they have to do that so i think that's very interesting we'll see what happens to cardano 
Walmart and Amazon are hiring crypto leads. I cannot tell you how many new people I've seen, new companies I've seen putting out crypto uh, needs of crypto people, people who are uh, experienced in crypto to join these very, very large companies. We're at the the trough of a wave that I think is going to crest here in the next six to eight months. That's going to be tremendous. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen in any market that we've ever seen. Not only is this technology, but this is uh, this is a underlying financial evolution transformation of the uh, financial systems in a manner that we've never seen before. This is this is this is thousand X internet in my eyes uh, internet was a transformational technology um, this is a uh, a transformational uh, not only technology but um, economical ecosystem that's going to completely change the way the world works and i can't wait for it to happen soon enough and speaking of financial changing DeFi. what is DeFi? I saw, and I'm probably going to butcher his name badly, by the way, but I saw today David Guckstein, David Guckstein, DeFi is the future, it cuts out the middlemen. Huh, interesting. One of the... the the main things I've been focused on at Bank Social for the last few weeks and really maybe even the last few months has been talking with attorneys about how something can be DeFi. And I think for people who don't understand it, DeFi is DeFi. It's all created in the ether. You don't know what's going on. What you don't know, you don't know. And so, yeah, it's decentralized. There's no middleman. But that's not really the case. That's not how it works. After talking with all these attorneys and getting their input and insight, layering in my input and insight, the conclusion I've come to is DeFi does not cut out the middleman. What DeFi does is decentralized finance, more namely the blockchain, provides the visibility that we've been looking for. What's going where? Who's getting what? How are they getting it? How are they spending it? That's what blockchain is. And DeFi, from the perspective of decentralized finance, doesn't mean you have to cut out the middleman because certainly the middleman isn't getting cutting out. There's still people developing the software. There's still people launching the software. There's still people formulating, even though it might be a small group of people, there's still a centralized group of people who are doing the work needed to get it out. And and sometimes those people are being compensated in different ways. The the key critical factor that's different and and that varies slightly from project to project, but the key difference between your centralized framework and your decentralized framework for finance is the visibility. What's a great example of that? Let's look at a centralized exchange. Let's look at a decentralized exchange. Decentralized exchange is DeFi. It's decentralized finance. You can see what's happening on a decentralized exchange. You can go watch the blockchain. That's how Dex Tools works. That's how uh, some of these other charting applications like Dex Guru works. These all work 
because they have visibility built into them that you can see they're directly on the blockchain. You can see all that. Centralized exchanges, not at all. If any, you can't see anything that happens on a centralized exchange. Still blockchain, still, you can still see money going in and out. You can still see some of what happens. Still some visibility there. But in both circumstances, in both cases, you have a middleman. So sorry, David, I don't see that as being what you need to be teaching people about what blockchain and what DeFi does. It doesn't cut out the middleman. It just makes what the middleman does more transparent so that everybody can see what's going on. Everybody's comfortable with what's going on and everybody has visibility into the the ecosystem. That's really what this is about. That's really what DeFi is about. If we're going to change the world, if crypto is going to change the world, and that's why I get a little passionate about these things when I hear them, because when people say stuff like, well, there's no middleman, that just confuses people to think that something's done, written, gone, and that's not how this stuff works. There are people that are working on it. There are people that are writing the code. There are people that are deploying the code. That was the one thing when I kept talking to attorneys, when they would tell me, well, you know, if you're a DeFi project, you don't have to do this. And my question always back to them was, well, who pushes the button? Who writes the code? Who commits it to a repo? Who commits it to an open source? Being an open source developer in my past, in my former life, I understand these things. I understand these questions. I understand how this software works in a, in a very detailed manner. So these, these types of statements, they bother me because they, they put people in a mindset of, you know, nobody being there and that could have a positive and a negative. Some people might look at that and say, oh, great. There's nobody there. There's nobody to control it. It's free. We can do whatever we want with it. And you set a mindset that doesn't exist on the other side of that by saying you cut out the middleman. People might say, well, there's nobody there to watch it. There's nobody there to be in control of it. There's no centralized group of people that's watching it. And you, you ruin those people too. So that's not the way to explain DeFi and blockchain as it removes the middleman. I, I mean, uh, it, you know, this is something that uh, we should not be teaching people. This is not a, a concept that we should be floating around into the ether. Uh, literally, don't put that out into the ether. We should be talking about how blockchain fundamentally changes the way that we're able to view transactions and DeFi is the layer on top of it that allows anybody it's decentralized it doesn't need to be chase bank it doesn't need to be bank of america i don't know if i can say those words but i'm just going to say those names not talking bad about them but it allows those people it allows anybody it's decentralized it's not centralized it allows anybody to create software but that doesn't remove a middleman that doesn't get anybody out of the way. You still need people. That's that's a critical component of what I'm dubbing the social capitalistic model that we're going to be going to here in the next two to five years, where the capitalistic model or, or capitalism is now uh, spun into a web of people helping people versus people working and um, being paid by and paying to big, large centralized organizations.
That's what DeFi is. It doesn't remove a middleman. It just allows anybody to become the middleman and to be transparent about what they're doing when they become the middleman. Transparency. That's what DeFi, that's what DeFi has to be. It can't be anything else. If it's not transparent, I would question if it's DeFi. And if it's not on the blockchain, it's certainly not DeFi. But if it's not transparent, I don't think it can be DeFi. That's where I, that's probably one of the lines that I will draw in this whole thing. So, you know, to get there, we've got to teach the right things. People have to be in the right mind state. And that's the right mind state that blockchain and DeFi have middlemen. They have people writing code. I don't know if you guys have seen, but most of the projects in my research and just following a bunch of these projects, most of these projects, when they fund, when they, when they vote in a DAO to fund something, it's not computers. It's not a botnet or what's the Skynet. It's not Skynet making decisions for people. That's not how a DAO works. It's not Skynet writing DeFi applications that removed a middleman and now it's writing applications by itself. That's not how this stuff is working. And I don't think it should work like that. It shouldn't. This is about bringing power back to the people. The conquest of cryptocurrency is about putting the power back in the people's hands, not giving it to some computer that may or may not be created by some centralized governmental or regulatory authority. It's about giving it back to the people. And that's what we have to focus on. And statements like it cuts out the middleman don't really create that fair statement of how that really looks. So, you know, that's that's where we're at, guys. We're at, we're in a position to where we're inches from the goal line. Inches. You can see the regulatory. The regulatory hurdles are getting shorter and shorter. They're getting further and further between. Governments are understanding that embracing the people's movement is more beneficial than squelching it, squashing it. It doesn't work. Can't work. Can't stop it at this point. Could have been stopped eight to ten years ago, possibly. Can't be stopped now without shutting down the internet. Let me not say it can't be stopped. It would take some drastic measures to stop that. So at this point, it's about getting people on board. And you don't get people on board by creating false narratives. Because as soon as they hear something that you told him or told them that turns out to be an untruth, you've just lost them. People are already scared of cryptocurrencies. They hear from everybody that they're Ponzi schemes, which we talked about in one of our previous shows. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out. Cryptos are not Ponzi schemes. That's what people who run Ponzi schemes tell you to make you feel like you're getting into something that you shouldn't be getting into. They're not Ponzi schemes. But we need to have people who understand and who are told the information that they need to hear so that when they get into crypto, they stay in crypto. That's the key critical component about, you know, the discussion today on 
the myths of DeFi and why this is not what people are saying it is. And so, again, has nothing to do with removing a middleman. DeFi is not removing a middleman. DeFi is allowing open source, open source code to be the contract by which you agree to. You can read it for the first time ever in the history of humanity. I talk about that all the time. For the first time ever in the history of humanity, you can have a contract that's immutable. It can't change. It's on a blockchain that can't be hacked. And you can create a contract with somebody and stake your value somewhere. And you have a very high level of assurance, especially if you know how to read the code or you know somebody who knows how to read the code that can give you assurances. You can't do that with a contract. That's a Ponzi scheme, a regular contract with some company or some entity, and they take your money and then you can't see where it's going. You have no idea. Did they use it? Did they give it to the next guy that came in? You don't know. That's a Ponzi. In crypto, you do know. It came in, where'd it go? Follow the blockchain. Does the contract give them the ability to run away with the money? Read the contract. Very critical that we teach people the right things in crypto because we have to create a strong environment for people who are afraid of crypto that when they dip their toe in, and they finally settle into the ether of blockchain that they're not disturbed by some fallacy they were told early on, specifically in this case, talking about DeFi, that there are no middlemen because that's a statement that should not be made. It's completely false. And I'm just going to end on that. So to recap, great week in crypto this week, over $2 trillion in market cap across all cryptos. First time ever since May, we're back at it. It's happening. We're moving up. These markets are going to get stronger through the end of the year. I think we might we might stall out here for another week and a half, two weeks going into September. There could be a slight sell-off in the markets ramping up for end of year, but I see a tremendous end of year push as we get into October, November, and December, against some technical analysis uh, analysts that I follow have given some pretty logical and um, well-thought-out reasoning behind why the end of the year is going to be tremendous. Look for it. Wait for it. It's going to be tremendous. Get into the markets if you're not. Cardano and its smart contracts, let's see what happens. I think it's very interesting that they they understand that they're still going to be reliant on Ethereum because nobody's going to learn their new smart contract code. They're going to have to get people to bridge in smart contracts using that Ethereum Solidity code bridge. We'll see how that works. We'll see how it, we'll see how, uh, it gets rolled out. Without that, I think they're dead in the water. I think to rely on a bunch of new people to learn an entirely new programming language just to save a couple bucks on transactions. Um, you know, we'll see. I'm not, a, I'm, I don't, I don't like to prophesize, but I think that smart contracts coming to Cardano is a big deal. I do agree. It's a big deal. I do think that they have to get the Ethereum solidity contract bridge working or else it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a quick ramp for the smart contracts just because, uh, you might get you might get 
better smart contracts, but you're definitely not going to get the type of volume that you have on Ethereum anywhere close to the time that Ethereum's gotten to it if you don't have that Ethereum bridge. And then Walmart and Amazon going crazy on hiring crypto leads. I, I can't believe it. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Been waiting for this for a long time. And it's uh, we're finally here. We're finally making the moves that will solidify the crypto conquest. I'm John Wingate, your host for today. Thanks for joining in. We'll be on again in the next 24 to 48 hours with another topic with the goal of pushing crypto forward, changing the world with the crypto conquest. You guys have a great day wherever you are.